Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. You can also find me on my other podcast, Straight Up Paleo. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at christinaricewellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. I have been sitting on this podcast episode for some time now. We recorded this early June and I have been really, really excited to release it and for everybody to hear it. I know that a lot of you have been excited about this one too, but before I get into it, I do have a few quick reminders slash announcements. First, you can still get tickets for the Wellness Realness Retreat. It's going to be August 10th through the 12th in Austin, Texas. I'm so excited about it. Last weekend, we totally finalized the schedule. We have a really, really exciting, fun weekend planned for you guys. It's basically my ultimate wellness weekend, and I think you guys are going to have an amazing time too, and there are still a few spots open. We are going to be talking about nutrition and health and wellness trends and body image and social media, and you're going to get a cooking class. We're going to eat a ton of incredibly delicious paleo food. We are going to do facials and acupuncture and get vitamin shots and nutrient drips. We have a few workouts planned, lots of walks. It's going to be a very, very fun time. If you want to find out all the details, you can go to bit.ly slash crwretreat2018. Everything is right there. That's where you buy your ticket. I would love to meet you. It's going to be such a great opportunity to meet other like-minded people and just find your tribe, meet friends in real life, Lots of great one-on-one connection. I just can't wait to get to know you guys in person because it's so much better than just over social media, in my opinion. So make sure you head to bit.ly slash crwretreat2018 to get your tickets. If you're ready to have the best wellness weekend of your life, learn a lot. I'm gonna... I have some... I can't say everything, but I have some great things planned. You're also gonna get a killer goodie bag. I'm very excited about these goodie bags. These are the goodie bags of all goodie bags. So it's going to be great. Can't wait to meet you guys. So that is my first reminder. And then I just have a few updates. So really one main update. I have a few new services that I'm offering on my website now that I just wanted to mention on here. I sent them out in my weekly newsletter and mentioned it on Instagram, but I just wanted to put it out there on the podcast as well. So I am now offering a monthly online program. So the way that works is you pay monthly and with that you get me as your online email nutritionist. So you have email access to me during business hours to ask me questions and you also get access to my exclusive clients only weekly health education newsletter, which is all about educating you on various health and wellness topics, things that you might not have even 
known that you want to know about, learn more about, everything that I'm geeking out over, things that keep coming up with different clients, things that I'm seeing pop up, you know, in the health space, in studies, just continuing your health education, wide variety of topics. So that is really fun too and a great way to always sort of expand your knowledge and where I talk more about my my nerdy things. So that's really fun too. So basically with the monthly online program, you get me as your nutritionist online. I think this is a great option for people who want support but don't necessarily feel like they need that one-on-one Skype session or phone session. You just are looking for a more cost-effective option to have a nutritional therapy practitioner slash health coach at your disposal to ask your questions and help you devise a wellness plan for your life to optimize your health, then this could be a great option for you. So you can get the details about that new program option where you pay monthly for email access to me on my website, christinaricewellness.com. Just go to the services section and that is where you can enroll and that will If you choose to enroll in that, that'll link you up to my email and then we can make sure it's the right fit and then we'll go from there. I'm adding this in as a more cost-effective option and also because I have had to put a few people on the wait list and so I'm just trying to make a way for me to be able to help more of you. So this could be a great option for you. And then I also am offering if you don't, need one-on-one help right now if you're not interested in that but you still want access to my exclusive health education weekly newsletter then you can get a subscription to that on my website as well under the services page and that's a weekly newsletter that comes out and like I said just covers a wide variety of health and wellness topics that I think are important for people to learn about and know about I'm all about continuing that health education and I personally am subscribed to things like this, so I'm constantly learning from specific people because if you just go to the Google machine, that's a little overwhelming. So I like to just have specific sources of information so my head is less cluttered. So yeah, that again is on my services page on my website, christinaricewellness.com. So those are my two new options I'm very excited about. And those are basically the main things I just wanted to mention this week. So let's talk about... This week's guest, two of my favorite humans. One is a returner, a fan fave, my dear friend Les Alfred. She is a certified personal trainer and she is the creator of thebalancedberry.com. She's all about making fitness and health and wellness relatable, realistic, no BS. She has the best workouts ever. You guys should definitely check out her page. She's also on Instagram at balancedberry. And then my second guest is my other dear friend, Dana Harrison. You might know her from her gram at eats to know or her website eats to know.com. She is a nutritionist and a health educator. She has a really awesome job that she basically created herself, and she's a health educator and teaches firefighters in her area about health and nutrition, and she's awesome. And she's all about keeping it real. She's really good at sales. If you ever need to find out where the good sales are at, 
just make sure you're following Dana. She knows where they are. She posts all about them. So she is where to go if you're looking to catch a bargain at the grocery store. And once again, just trying to make this whole healthy living thing very accessible and relatable for everybody. So, I mean, the reason why these two ladies are some of my favorite humans on the planet are because they're just so real and down to earth and good people and good intentions and we all kind of have the same philosophy. We see a lot of BS flying out, a lot of ridiculous things flying around on social media, specifically the gram and we just don't have time for that and we just want to kind of dispel some myths, dispel some rumors and we like to keep it real. So a few months ago, we kind of did this real talk series on our Instagrams, all of all of us. So maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, but we all answered a series of, I think that there were five questions about social media versus reality. And that little series got a really, really great response from you guys and people wanted to know more. Other people were also answering those questions in their stories. We we're just really trying to open up the conversation around social media, what's real, what's not, what's the difference between Instagram and real life, kind of pull down the curtains. I know there's so there's so much in the space. The comparison trap is a big trap a lot of people are falling into and we just want to kind of let you guys know what's up, what's real, how we feel about social media in general and, and Instagram and talk about that more. So we kind of just decided to extend that real talk that we did in the little series on our Instagram stories to a podcast episode and a few of you guys sent in questions for us to answer so we kind of address those so this conversation goes kind of everywhere which is amazing you know we just wanted to kind of cover all the main points when it comes to social media versus reality what's been on our minds so i'll be very curious to hear your feedback if you can relate to any of this what your thoughts and feelings are let's continue this conversation i want to know what you think and a great place to do that is in the podcast facebook group wellness realness podcast tribe also tell us all in the comment on our Instagram pictures and let us know your response to this so we can have an active conversation in a place where everybody can participate. That would be awesome. So that's kind of the deal for this episode. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I, of course, absolutely love chatting with Dana and Les. They are incredible. True friends right here not just Instagram friends, real life friends. I love them. So now that you know what you're about to listen to, let's just hop into the conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Wellness Realness. This was meant to be, you guys, all three of us on here ranting. I have with me Les (laughs) from Balanced Berry, and then I have Dana from Eats to Know, two of my dearest Instagram slash real life friends. Although Dana, I just realized we haven't met in real life yet. We can fix that. We can fix oh, that yeah. for sure. Um, Who are we? Oh yeah, you have you guys have any either? No. Time to do it. Time yeah. to do it in real life. Okay, let's just do a quick intro for people who aren't familiar with you. So Dana, maybe if someone isn't following you yet, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, I am a nutritionist and educator, and I am the face behind Eats to Know. 
Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm all about simplified nutrition and health and wellness. Yes, you are. And you have an, can you explain a bit more about your interesting job that you basically created for yourself? Yeah, so I'm a nutritionist and I design nutrition education programs for fire departments here in Massachusetts. I love that because it's like, I don't know anyone else who's doing that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I really enjoy it and just going to keep on doing it. Yes, keep on with that. And then we have Les, who's a returner. How many times have you been on my podcast? Twice? I think this is, I think I've been on three. three times. I think this is the fourth. This is the fourth. So people probably yeah. know you by now, but just in case there are newbies, who are you? Yeah, so my name is Les. I'm a personal trainer and nutrition coach from Seattle. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at balancedberry and I share fitness and nutrition content basically that isn't boring or annoying. It's just very much <laughs> fitness and nutrition for normal women. Um, and then I also create fitness programs and am a personal trainer. Yay. <laughs> and we all pride ourselves on being as real as it gets on the gram. And we wanted to all pop on this podcast because we did a little, what would you say? Like Real talk session on Instagram like a mm -hmm. month or so ago where we basically just answered questions about social media versus reality. And I think we got a really great response. What kind of response did you guys get from your followers? People loved it. I mean, I think I, my DMs were like blowing up with people chiming in with their answers to the questions and talking about whether they agreed or maybe if they had a different perspective. I think it, it was a really good conversation starter. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Same here. And I think, oh, there was just a big response from my community and people, whether they were in the same position thinking what we were thinking or um, just appreciating the behind the scenes stuff that maybe a lot of people don't talk about or bring mm -hmm. attention to. Dana, why do you think so many influencers don't want to talk about this or and they don't bring attention to it? Oh, gosh. I mean, probably because they could be part of the problem, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Les, what about you? Because I – Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think everyone is afraid of being like the Wizard of Oz, you know, the regular guy behind the curtain. Everyone wants mm -hmm. to keep the curtain up because, honestly, I mean, having a certain image and portraying yourself in a certain way on social media can be really lucrative. It can earn you a lot of attention and it can earn you things and money. And I think people get afraid that if they don't keep up the facade, that that could all go away. Yeah. I agree. And that's why I think it's so interesting meeting people in real life and getting to know people behind their account. And I think that the first thing I want to talk about here is what that's like, because that's so you guys know, like, OK, I feel like I don't like living in L.A. because most of the people here are just fakes and phonies and full of themselves. <laughs> but I love it because I love meeting people in real life who I, you know, previously thought one thing of because I saw them on the Internet or social media. And then you meet them. And, I mean, the illusion is shattered, which can be kind of devastating at first. But then you're <laughs> like, oh, wait, I shouldn't be so hard on myself because they're just normal people, too. 
or mm-hmm. even the opposite. Sometimes, sometimes they're the opposite of what you think, and it becomes it can be disappointing that someone maybe isn't as nice or isn't practicing what they preach. You know, so I think that's super interesting. And this actually kind of all started after Expo West because Dana and I talked on the phone, and we were just talking about how different it was because I feel like. Well, have you been to other expos before? I've been to East and West. What was the difference? East, there weren't as many people. And I think because it was just smaller, you could have better connections with people in person. Um, Maybe not as much competition to say, or maybe people just weren't feeling that way. Um, Whereas West, I thought there were just so many people, so many brands a lot going on and maybe that contributed to how people kind of portrayed themselves. I am just going to say something that might make people upset, but I like, maybe you're right. But I think it's also just like West coast people are different than East coast people. A lot. And I think LA people are a totally like a breed within that. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. So explain more. What kind of breed are, are, are LA people? I mean, I think that LA, you look at, I think that any major area or major city is largely defined by the industries that are there, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at LA and look at the industries and look at what people who live there do, it's entertainment, it's a lot of influencers, it's, you know, actors and actresses, it is all of these occupations that are largely based on appearances and not necessarily based off of things that are necessarily real or substantial. And I think that that defines the culture and then everyone starts wanting to keep up with one another and it just perpetuates from there. Yeah. I think it's super competitive here. And that's something that's hard for me is I, I hate when I will think I really like someone over social media and then I'll meet up, I'll meet them at an event or I'll meet up with them and they're completely not the same at all. Like, so some people will just be really outgoing and nice and funny on social media. And then you meet them in real life and they have no social skills. Or sometimes people are just flat out rude and mean and really full of themselves. Um, Sometimes people are known for a certain, you know, being a certain way in terms of health or fitness. Then you meet them and they do not practice what they preach. A lot of girls who preach body image stuff, have major issues. A lot of these food bloggers have really disordered eating habits from what I'm seeing in Los Angeles, my perspective. Um, Or people are just kind of, I feel like they're like lying about who they are to an extent. Or sometimes people literally just don't even look like themselves. Like I'll meet them in real life and I'm like, have you been photoshopping all of your pictures? Because I wouldn't even recognize you. Like, just to be honest about what I've experienced. Um, what? So, Dana, tell me a bit about Expo West, like, some general things that you found. What was disappointing to you about meeting people? I think the biggest one was meeting people who you thought you might have had a connection with on the internet behind a screen and then getting to know them in person or seeing them and just not having it click. And I think part of that has to do with um, people putting up this facade, some people and others just that, you know, you don't click in real life in person and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Um, My biggest disappointment 
was really seeing people who have built a brand upon something that's completely dishonest and maybe what people want to see and it's not what they're actually practicing and that for me was tough to see as a consumer and fan of some people who I thought they were. Can you explain a bit more about like what you mean by that? You guys, we're not going to call, we're not going to use any names in this podcast, just so you know. So this is going to all be very abstract because I'm not about, I'm not going to sit here and like, you know, you can figure it out for yourself. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like explain more about like what that means, like a dishonest, like without using yeah. someone's name, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, if you're going to post um, all of this food and then say, after you take the picture, oh, I don't eat anything. I don't even like that. Or if you're going to work with a sponsored brand because they pay you to use their product or to share their product, and then you actually don't even like their product, to me, there's a huge disconnect there. Yeah. Les is like sticking her tongue out. <laughs> worse. Rolling her eyes. Well, let's talk yeah. about the sponsorships for a second because this is such a tricky situation because what's hard is – sponsored okay people are either completely oblivious to sponsored posts and then Mm -hmm. just believe whatever the influencer is posting and I'm thinking in my head this person doesn't eat that you know like I wish you guys could just Mm -hmm. realize that or it's on the other end of the spectrum where people are aware that influencers are doing that and then as soon as they see it sponsored they're like they're lying I don't trust it I won't follow you because you do sponsored posts and that's not fair either because these people who are lying are basically messing it up for other people who pick sponsorships carefully and just Mm -hmm. align themselves with products they do use and love and that's how you make a living you know Mm -hmm. um less speak to this oh I have so many thoughts on this so my perspective, how to make sponsored content not slimy or what I try to do with sponsored content and really any content is everything that I put out there is aiming to solve some sort of problem for my readers or for my followers. And if there's a product that I genuinely love and genuinely spend my money on and want to share it and think that it will solve a problem or answer a question that my readers ask me or come to me with, then I'm happy to partner with the brand to have something mutually beneficial and to benefit my readers if I think it solves the problem. But if it's just something like random for dollars that I just would never stand behind, if there's a message that I don't resonate with, if there's nothing there that I would recommend, I think that's where you get into the murky territory of where it's not genuine. And then you're just kind of either deceiving people or trying to trick people into buying things that they just don't need. And I think that's not cool. Dana, thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you completely. I think that it just gets really tricky. My biggest pet peeve with sponsored content is that I think it's something to be very proud of Mm -hmm. and I'm big on transparency. So when Mm -hmm. I get a sponsored opportunity, I worked for it. I want my audience to know that I absolutely love it and I'm proud to be working with them to, like you said, less solve, you know, my audience's problems and help them. Um, I don't think it's something to be ashamed of by any means. And so it does bother me when people aren't transparent and following the rules uh, by disclosing because I think it puts other people um, at, a, at a somewhat disadvantage. But at the same time, um, I would rather be transparent and proud versus anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, these people who are not saying – they're not disclosing that it's sponsored – 
I'm like, why are you trying to hide it? You're only trying to hide it if you're one of those people who works with brands that you, like, aren't actually using. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it bothers me because, I mean, these are some of the biggest accounts that are lying about this stuff. Um, and this mm-hmm. is illegal. <laughs> Word. <laughs> and people, okay, all of us who consume content, we all have power. We mm-hmm. vote with our likes and our comments and our follows. Same way with food. We vote with our dollars. You know, what are you putting your money into? But this is a free way for you to show support or not support. And so it's like when you're liking and commenting, that is a way of supporting a blogger. And if you're if you're supporting influencers who don't have the best intentions, you're part of the problem too, in my opinion. Word. That's what I have to say about that situation. <laughs> well, how... Okay. Dana, how can people tell if a blogger is doing hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored, if they're working with a company that they actually use or they're lying? How do people know? Oh, man. I think some of it comes down to the phrasing. Or if you've never seen the product before and all of a sudden it's just there and doesn't really align with any of the values or what someone's been posting. I think that's a big red flag. Mm-hmm. Les, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think it depends on how much the content sticks out. If it is a piece of content that almost outside of saying like hashtag ad is super seamless and right in line with everything else that the person posts, then I think that that's really authentic. But if it's something that like sticks out like a sore thumb (laughs) in terms of like content messaging, how they talk about it, that's when obviously something is being forced, I think. Yeah. And I think it's just like, sometimes you have to do a bit of detective work. And this comes Mm -hmm. down to people need to I'm sorry stop being lazy and like don't just buy something just because someone says it's good like let's Mm -hmm. say I am promoting this product right let's say I'm promoting um primal kitchen mail and I mean I wish they paid (laughs) me I wish they paid me but um (laughs) let's say I'm saying I love primal kitchen mail and you're like I want to I'm curious if this is legit or not I mean Maybe you go online and check the ingredients. Does it seem like something I would actually eat? You know, a little bit of Mm -hmm. detective work because I see this a lot with products. I'll see a blogger post about something and sometimes they'll be smart about it. Like they'll show it on their stories a few times. Like it'll seem like they use it. But then I'll read the ingredients and I'm like, there's no way that person's eating that. I know. I know that, you know. So sometimes like I think people need to give themselves some credit because you're smart. You can be a smart consumer and like you can make a judgment for yourself. Like you're allowed to decide just because your favorite blogger says something, you're allowed to say, I don't, I don't want to use that product. Yeah. Oh, I'm so with you on that one. Word. Preach. Yeah. So, but I also want people to understand like going back to how like Dana, how you're saying how you're proud when you have a sponsored post because you worked for it. I think that, people who do have a really negative taste in their mouth about sponsored posts also need to understand like that's how we make money you know so if if we're never doing a sponsored post then you're basically asking us to work hours a week for free and I would never ask any of my 
readers to randomly spend hours for free. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I think that we... I want to talk a little bit more about, like, why sponsored posts are okay. <laughs> Les, do you have any thoughts? So I actually had a, an interesting experience with this recently. I uh, Someone reached out to me who's a writer for, like, some magazine. They wanted to interview influencers. I agreed to do it because I think I didn't fully understand the angle of the story they were going for. And a lot of the questions were around, like, so as a blogger, how much free product do you get? And what is it like to, like, earn your living off of sponsored posts on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Um, And as I was reading these questions, I was like, this doesn't really apply to me because Mm -hmm. that's not how I – my business is more so based off of the services that I provide. Mm -hmm. And the sponsored work that I do is an income stream, but that's not what's paying my rent. Like, Mm -hmm. designing workouts for people is what's paying my rent. And so I also think that there is this – idea on the outside of maybe people who don't understand the influencer world that we just like are balling out of control when (laughs) from these brands when a lot of the time that's not the case a lot of the time it's like people expecting all of this content and giving you like a unit of free product so they think I mean if you accept it and stuff like that so I also think that more so people have this expectation that just because they see you put things on the internet that just everything that you do, you're getting paid to do. And that's not the case. Yeah, that's not the case at all. And I honestly get, this is a whole other rant, but when a company (laughs) tells me like, hey, we'd love to send you our product for free. You just have to post a blog post, two stories and put us Mm -mm. in your podcast. Mm -mm. Are you kidding me? Like you're asking me to do, that's like eight hours of work. For a, mm-hmm. a for a jar of tahini? Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. You know, um, or my favorite is um, people who want you to then post about their product and then give you the opportunity to be an affiliate. Oh my god! Can we talk about affiliates for a second? <laughs> okay, let's talk about why being being an affiliate is a piece of shit. <laughs> You're not going to earn a living off of being an affiliate. And I think like you can be an affiliate for some things. There are some affiliate programs out there and like that's fine. But brands know what they're doing when they offer influencers Mm -hmm. affiliate partnerships as the only, you know what I mean, as the only thing that they have to offer. And that's just because it's not, I mean, it's not, there's not much to it. I feel like that is the way that brands can take advantage of influencers by doing what you said. Yeah. I think it's really insulting Mm -hmm. when a brand will say, we do affiliates and I say, oh, I don't, I don't work on an affiliate only basis. Like these are my rates. And they're like, oh, well, we only do affiliates. I'm like, so basically you don't want to pay anyone. Yeah. You know, and I'll do an affiliate program if it's a, if it's a product I love and the affiliate, if, if I love it and the, and the affiliate comes with a discount code. Because I'm just trying to yeah. get a discount code for people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's, if it's part of a bigger partnership, you yeah. know what I mean? But exactly. if it's just that, like I had a brand reach out to me like a week ago saying, would you like to try our product? And I thought it looked interesting. So I was like, I'd, I would be interested in trying it. And if I like it, then mm-hmm. I would talk about it. But, you know, I want to try it, make sure I like it before I recommend it to anyone. And then they email me all about their affiliate program and how I need to sign up for that and do like an Instagram post per month and all. And I was just like, no, 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 no. For something I haven't even tried. No. 
like not happening. I also have a huge problem when people want to pay you when you haven't even tried their product. Oh, I know. Yeah. I don't like that. They'll say, they'll say, Hey, do you want to try this? Blah, blah. We'd love to work with you. And I go, Oh yeah, I'd love to try it. And then we can go from there. And they're like, all right. And they're trying to set up like, when are you going to post? What? I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to post cause I got to try it first. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is that there are a lot of influencers who do that, though. Like, mm-hmm. they won't, they'll make a deal without even having tried the product. And I think that's where it's tricky, because it's like, how do people tell? Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have known as much if I didn't meet some people in person and kind of overhear some things that take place behind the scenes. I think there are some things that are really in your face on Instagram specifically that you can see um, whether it's sponsored and they're not disclosing or if they actually would use the product. But then there are some things that you could really never tell unless you knew the person really. What are some? Yeah, go ahead. uh, I was just going to say, I also think it's important to like put a little bit more accountability on the readers out there to still be shopping in align with their own values. So if something is a product that you see your favorite blogger or whatever pushing, but before you saw them recommend it, you never in a million years would have considered buying it, like you just weren't even interested in it, then that's kind of a red flag that maybe that's not something that you need to all of a sudden like buy at the drop of a hat. For me, the times where I think of, for me as a reader or a consumer, the times where I will buy something after I see someone recommend it is if I'm already in the market for it. If I'm already like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm really looking for a new tahini or I really want to try tahini for the first time and I don't know what to try and then I see Christina recommend a tahini and it's already on my mind then I'm going to be like okay I already want this I trust her opinion Mm -hmm. I'll try what she recommends because I think I'll like it but if she recommends tahini and I don't even know what it is and I have no interest in it and I think sesame seeds are gross you know what I mean (laughs) then it's my responsibility to then shop in alignment with my values yeah I just want to say something. This is just my own personal thing of how I can tell if people are BSing me or not. Besides, I agree with Dana. That's why I feel lucky that I I try and meet people in real life because you can really tell. But if someone never shows their face and you never have heard their voice, I'm suspicious Mm -hmm. of you. I'm suspicious of you. And if every single, like if every single, what are you hiding? Yeah. If every single piece of content is curated, I'm suspicious of you. Like people who, and that could mean different things. So it's like sometimes people's feeds will be super curated and look really nice. And that's awesome. That's their thing. Um, but then like they show themselves on stories. Like, so you see Mm -hmm. that they're a real person and that's, you know, but there are some people who, this is my favorite. There are people who have super curated feeds and this even goes back to like Dan and we were talking about how you could, I, I forget actually I know whose feed it was, but like same meal, 10 different pod, products. They just took like 10 different pictures and switched out the product for the same meal on the same day. And if <laughs> oh you scroll God. through the feed, you can, you can tell, but as you're looking, you wouldn't notice. Do you know what I mean? Like That's as you're so seeing funny. it. Um, but I love this. So people have a really curated feed and then they never go on Instagram stories and then all of a sudden, they post 20 stories in one day, and guess what they're doing? They're talking about a product. I'm like, so you hop on stories once every two months to literally just talk about this sponsored product. That feels really not genuine to me. Mm-hmm. It feels really not genuine. But yeah. 
I also, so I want to go back to what you were saying before, Dana, like how you were saying you wouldn't have known unless you had met people or sort of overheard some of the things. What did you kind of overhear going on? A lot of, I'll post this, but I don't actually eat it. Um, A lot of that. And I think, I think that's an issue not only for the person posting that, but also for the audience. I think the audience sometimes gets too caught up of comparing their diet or their lifestyle to what people are posting. Mm. Um, Yeah. I want to talk about this because this is something that really bothers me that people post things that they don't eat. Mm hmm. Like, yeah. And it's not even like, like, I don't care if someone posts an old meal, but like, don't, I mean, I have literally seen people go out, buy something, take a picture, be like, loving this pressed freeze, and then throw it away. Yeah, that's absurd. You know, or like, I know people who post things to their blogs, and I'm thinking of someone in particular who has a huge recipe blog, doesn't eat any of her recipes because she's afraid of them, and like, months later said said that she hadn't, she, like, admitted that she hadn't eaten any recipes because she was afraid of using fat and sugar and oil. And, and no one, like, cares. And I'm like, you guys don't realize that this person has been lying to you about her meals? Because it's one thing to post a meal and be like, check out my recipe for this. But it's another to say, ate this for breakfast today. It's so good. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing until a follower messaged me, did you actually eat what you just posted? Like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. No idea. It's. I feel like I didn't know about stuff like that until Christina started telling me about it because <laughs> the thought just, like, doesn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't have – I wouldn't have thought it until I started seeing it in real life. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, this is really, really sad. Which I think also – let's talk a bit about the comparisons of what people are eating – because yeah. um, we people, got a good question about it. Yeah. Can you ask that question? Yeah. Sentence? Yeah. I'm going to pull it up. It was a little bit long. So I'm going to kind of, um, I'm going to abbreviate just a little bit. Um, basically what the reader said was how often would you say you're finish your meals and how do you practice portion control with an intuitive approach? Um, I believe really strongly in intuitive eating and making peace with food, but so many of my friends eat like one third of their meals and I, more than not, finished 95% of the time. Um, It's not a big deal. I just wonder if it's just my larger appetite or not eating as intuitively. Lots of IG fitness and nutrition influencers I follow show the very beginning of their meals, but very rarely show how much of that meal they consumed. And I'm always curious if they eat all of it or not. Okay. I have a lot to say about this, but Dana, do you have any thoughts? (laughs) See, that's where I think that it's a combination of the person, the audience, and the influencer. I think that at some point, you know, your followers have to understand that they should be eating for themselves um, versus eating because someone else posted it and worrying about how much they ate. So I think for me, there's a big disconnect there. I completely agree. And not to sound like a total a-hole, but like... 99.9% of the time, I honestly don't care 
what someone's eating or how much. Like mm-hmm. if I'm hangry, I'm going to go satisfy that <laughs> and do what's going to make me feel human again. And like, honestly, how much someone else is eating doesn't even cross my mind. And I think, um, I think that if you are relying on understanding how much you should eat based off of how much other people are eating, then I think that's a sign that there's still a ways to go on that intuitive eating journey. Yeah, I see this with clients all the time. Almost every single person I work with brings it up. Well, so-and-so eats this much. I feel like my meals are too big. How much... Stuck in this comparison trap, and I also... Mm -hmm. I spent a good amount of time in that comparison trap too when I was first trying to figure out like healthy eating and healthy living I was obsessed with looking at what other people were eating and like comparing my portion sizes to theirs and just thinking okay that's a normal portion size and I got myself into big trouble because of that because you're Mm -hmm. basically doing everything possible to avoid getting in touch with your own hunger signals you Mm -hmm. know and this is the reality guys no one shows everything they're eating. Like, it's just not possible. Like, that, mm-hmm. and that's also unfair to ask of anybody. Like, you have to document every single thing that goes in your mouth. Like, why mm-hmm. does it matter? You know? Like, like, I think that this is a big issue. It doesn't really matter what other people are eating. On the opposite side of the spectrum, it really bothers me that a lot of people are trying to give portion advice. And either not eating, in my opinion, a healthy portion. Like, they're giving this unrealistic view of what portion should be. And I know, you know, like, what I eat in a days, I feel like they kind of have gotten less popular. Like, I feel like they had a real hot minute. Um, <laughs> what I ate Wednesday. Yeah. W-I-A-W. Yeah, and I know a lot of people who did those who didn't actually post what they ate, but just, like, what they thought was, like, a good portion amount you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you really can't trust it. Um, and there's just, I think people also get very stuck on this wanting wellness and wanting nutrition or wanting fitness to be quantitative. Mm-hmm. There are so many factors that factor into how much you should be eating and maybe how much your appetite can vary. You know what I mean? Like, how much rest did you get? How much activity do you have? Where are you at in your menstrual cycle? Like, like all of these things impact how hungry you are. And it can change so much throughout the day, from day to day. And I think people want one answer. How much should I eat every single day? Tell me how often. Tell, like, you know, and our bodies just don't work that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I think people can take it to the extreme and think, well, this influencer does X, Y, Z, so I'm going to do it. And then I will have Mm-hmm. be just like this person because I'm doing this. Yeah. So I think it goes, it can be pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. I want to share a struggle I'm currently having because I, like I mentioned, I went through this whole period of time at the beginning of my journey where I was just obsessed with comparing myself, like my portions to other people's portions because I was trying to figure out what a healthy portion size was. And I, in doing so, were copying these women, and I really messed myself up because I wasn't eating enough food. Um, Got really out of touch with my hunger signals. And so as I have gotten more followers, I try and show as many of my meals as possible so you can get a better sense of what I put on my plate. Um, And what's funny is 
people may comment about my portions all the time and I'm like, well, you don't even see me going for seconds, you know, but like mm-hmm. I, just to show a different perspective and not just so you think, okay, Christina eats as much I should. Like I eat more than most people. I have a big appetite. I have a vast metabolism now. Like everyone around me knows this. Growing up, I was always known as someone who eats a lot of food. And I'm not saying like everybody should eat as much food as me, but it's like if you're someone who has a big appetite eat more food. It's fine. Some people have less of an appetite. You know what I mean? Like there are Mm -hmm. so many different types of people. Um, and so I try and show my meals as much as I can just to give another perspective. Like it's okay if you want to eat this much food, I eat more than that. You know, you don't see me getting seconds or thirds if I'm still hungry, but I've been having this issue recently where I want to stop showing my meals because I'm having people who I can tell are literally they're saying, you know, well, you you recommend this much of this, but then I saw your lunch the other day and it didn't look like you had that much of that. Like, it all looked like you only had three cups of this, not four. It looked like you only – that wasn't five ounces of protein. That looked like four. I saw you eat eight – like, people are getting really nitpicky, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, tracking every single thing or, like, if I don't – you know, if I, I don't post three meals, they're like, did you, are you only doing two meals a day? I'm like, no, I just didn't post one of my meals today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so when I'm getting feedback like that, it makes me want to just not show anything because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to feed into you comparing. Like I'm coming from a good place of trying to show you another perspective because there's enough girls out on the internet showing like, not healthy portion sizes, in my opinion. But then I do that, and then people are getting even more so caught in this comparison trap. And I'm like, I I mean, this is something I struggle with, honestly. You know? And, like, yeah. I'm just sharing that because I just want anyone listening, like, if you're stuck in that, like, we just got to stop comparing what we're eating to other people. There's a difference between getting inspiration for things versus, like, mm-hmm. I should yeah. be eating the same amount. Like, the three of us, the three of us are also different. Like, we are all completely mm-hmm. different heights, different mm-hmm. weights, different activity level, um, different hormonal statuses. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't make sense for us all to eat the exact same thing. Mm-mm. Exactly. And I think that that is something that's hard as someone who puts, like, wellness content on the internet Christine, I can, I can definitely relate to a lot of what you're saying where it's like our intentions are good, but there's such a fine line between helping people and being a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're ever out of the clear with either because people will take anything they share and kind of twist it to be whatever it is that they want it to be. And so I think mm-hmm. that it is just a really tricky predicament that a lot of us who do post wellness content find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I also agree that in the sense that you can't lose yourself, Mm-mm. right, um, for your audience. You want to meet them maybe halfway or really just finding a way that it works for both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I This also – okay, let me just wrap that topic up for a second just for anyone listening. Like I've dealt with multiple eating disorders and I've dealt with trying to get my hunger signals back on track and figuring out how much to eat for myself and – I was not able to, like, make any progress in that direction until I was, like, 
screw this. I don't care what other people are eating. <laughs> like literally until okay. I stopped worrying about what other people were eating, I was not able to um, get out of that or figure anything out. And honestly, the way I did that was that was why I started working with a nutritionist because I said, okay, I'm just going to let this nutritionist tell me what I should eat for my body because she's like focused on me, you know, yeah. and I just trusted mm-hmm. that. So just for anyone listening, like if you're struggling trying to trying to figure this out for yourself, you're, you're not going to find the answer by comparing it to somebody else. No. Um, but I think, dang, I had another topic going off of that. What were you saying before this? You said not losing yourself. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is what I wanted to bring up. There are a lot of people who honestly, okay. Being an influencer is stopping them from being healthy. Does this make sense? Oh, yeah. Because it's like, okay, like say people who are really into fitness, they feel like they have to be a fitness influencer all the time. So they are just working out all the time, posting all this content and like maybe overtraining big time for their bodies, but that's like part of their job. And then they feel trapped because they got to put content out there, but now their hormones are messed up, you know, and their health is going in the tank. Or I see this with um food a lot too like wanting to do fancy recipes like this is something I struggle with too it's like okay this food isn't making me feel good but maybe you feel pressure to like eat it because the company's sending it to you or like you 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 know it makes a pretty picture like I talk to a lot of influencers about this they're like you know I'm supposed to post about this bar but like it doesn't even make me feel good, but I feel bad if I don't do it or it's like it has a good photo. And I'm like, you can't let your Instagram stop you from doing what you need to do to, like, be healthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, have you guys ever – have you noticed that at all? <laughs> Less. Less. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about different – examples of things that I've seen. And I mean, I, I'll be honest outside of interacting with like you guys, I, I mean, I don't see a lot of other influencers in real life all the time, or I don't interact with a lot of other influencers just in general, or, or a lot of the other like Seattle based bloggers that I talk to and hang out with are more fashion focused. So it's, that's like a whole different world. Um, but when I see things, I just see things and I'm like, how, are you actually living your life? If it took you 30 minutes to put together this like bowl Mm -hmm. to photograph it for Instagram or whatever, I'm just like, how much life are you actually living? Like I asked that question to myself um, Mm -hmm. when I see that sort of stuff, because Mm -hmm. I just, it does, it doesn't appeal to me as a reader or as a fellow influencer. Like I'm not, I'm not into it. I'm just so kind of turned off by it and maybe just because I've been doing it for so long and now I feel like this is turning into a rant which isn't my intention but I think I think because the space is very noisy because there's so many people trying to get attention I think everyone is trying to be so unique or to do all of these things that are so over the top and so creative or so gourmet um, and I think that while it makes a pretty picture I think it's overwhelming to create and I think it's overwhelming for readers to consume but on the flip side, I think that is also where readers and followers, because they know that they get overwhelmed and they don't necessarily feel good watching someone else eat these crazy gourmet meals, 
I shouldn't say eat. I should say looking at someone's photos of crazy gourmet meals that they don't eat. They see that and it makes them feel bad, but they still like it. They still follow it. So I, I think kind of, I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that. I just think it's overwhelming to create and consume and I'm just kind of over it. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just like, just because someone posts quote healthy recipes doesn't mean they're healthy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Is like how I'm feeling surrounding that. And it's like, what, what does healthy even mean? Everyone's definition of it is so different. What's healthy for one person is not healthy for another. Mm-hmm. It's like, what you. does that even mean? <laughs> Actually, at one of my presentations at work, I made everyone in this room answer to find your version of healthy. And every single person had a different definition. Mm-hmm. And I think that just goes to show, to, to your point, less. Yeah. I also think, like, can we talk for a second about this idea that people think that, like, if you have a certain number of followers, then Instagram's your full-time job, and that's not always true. Mm. <laughs> yeah, word. Dana, I feel like you deal with this a lot. Can you repeat the question? Like, do you get people assuming that because you have X amount of followers and a website that Instagram is your full-time job and you don't have another job? Oh, every day. Um, but I really try to set boundaries and announce it a bunch of times just to let people know that when I'm on Instagram, I set a time limit. I'm on it. I'm there. When I'm off, I'm really off. So if you message me or comment and I don't respond, like I'm not going to respond until I return. There's no need to, to email me. And if like you could find my cell number, I'm sure you'd call it. Um, for that instant gratification. I think it's all about just setting boundaries and letting people know, like, when I'm here, I'm here. When I'm not, I'm not. And I'm doing other things. Mm-hmm. How do you How do you make those boundaries clear, though? Because people are still going to do it. It's like, I mean, every day I'll get a DM and then because I don't respond to the DM, I get an email. And then because I don't respond to the email, I get another DM. And I'm like, whoa, it's been two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think just actually practicing it yourself and just mm-hmm. staying to, true to it, I think that just really shows people that you mean what you say, right? Mm-hmm. Les, what about, what about you with that? In terms of, like, people thinking Instagram is your full-time job? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just such an interesting thing because I'm – I actually have recently gotten a really bad taste in my mouth from the term influencer and even the term blogger. I think I still use it a lot because people know what it means and know, know – can understand it. You know what I mean? They know what a blog is. They know what sponsored content on Instagram is, but I don't think of myself as an influencer. Like I'm not out here trying to get free products. Like I am a business owner. I provide solutions for women who want to get in better shape. That is my priority. That is what I do. I think my blog and my Instagram are an extension of the brand. They are a way for me to deliver my message to people. They are a way for people to get to know me, but that's not my job. And that's not my business and like 
it's just, that's just not what I do. And so lately I've been a lot more vocal with educating people about that. Um, and with being pretty firm of like, actually I'm not an influencer. Like I'm a business owner. This is what my business does. This is what I provide. Um, and kind of owning that more and it's felt good. Yeah. I think it's just hard because it's, um, it's like people really do expect anyone with a following, I feel like to be glued to their, their phone and Instagram and also, they also think that what they see is, like, someone's full day. You mm-hmm. know? It's, like, I mean, I get this a lot. People are, like, they think that they've seen my full day. They're, like, well, you didn't do anything yesterday. You just went to blah, blah, blah. And I'm, like, well, I mean, I went there, but I also, like, had clients all day. And I also did two podcasts. And I also, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I'm not, like, Instagram storing me with my clients. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And what's funny is the times where I'm Instagramming the least is when I'm actually doing the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. when you're actually out and about and busy doing things when you're not on Instagram. So I think people kind of have it flip-flopped. They think that when they don't hear from you, you're just like not doing anything when really I'm on Instagram a lot when I'm like not doing as much. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk more about... Um, Dina, you had a a good question sent into you, which is ties into that um, about the social media balance. Oh yeah, it was just how do you find balance on social media? And I love that question because I also enjoy social media for myself just to see what other friends are up to or people who I'm following. Um, so I love that question for us to all answer. Yeah. Um, this has been something that like slow evolution. I'm still always trying to find boundaries with things for me. I get really, really overwhelmed. Um, and I'm the type of person who, when I see that little number, whether it's text messages or emails or DMS and it's a high number, I get anxiety. That's just the type of person I am. I'm not the kind of person who can see that and be like, Oh, whatever. I don't care. Um, I, I just, it gives me anxiety. And so for me, turning off my DMs helped a lot. Um, mm-hmm. People still message me, but it helps a lot because people aren't responding to every single thing I'm writing. It's not because I don't want to engage, but I just, I'm like, there are so many different ways you can communicate with me. I just don't want it through DM because it feels like, it's like, you guys, imagine if every single person you met had your phone number and could text you. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels. Yeah. Like, I feel like everybody at some point in their lives has been in a big group text and you want to shoot your brains out because you're like, oh my God, I'm getting 500 texts all the time. All the time, just leave me alone. Well, and for the <laughs> listeners out there who may not understand what you're saying, not only is it like being in a group text with 500 people, it's like being in a group text with 500 people and all of them want something from you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Which they, is also very different than a passive conversation. They all want your time. They want your information. They want something from you, which is even more stressful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they ask big questions that I'm like, I can't answer this in a DM, right? So mm-hmm. for me, being um, taking getting rid of my DMs, like so you can't reply to me, helped a lot. And then I do, I like instituted there are only two times a day I check social media. And that's what I'm answering. And there's a time limit on it. And if I run out of time, I run out of time. Um, I also used to be in college. I could not go to sleep unless I had watched all of the stories of everyone I followed for that day. 
That's how crazy I was. And now I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I ever did that. Cause I, I not even close to that. I watch barely any anymore, you know? And I also have learned, like, I have to prioritize, like, um, all of my comments will get responded to. Um, but I don't have time to like, I I mean, my DMS are going to come last if there are any in there. If I even want to, I've learned to decline a lot of people because I'm like, if this person really needs to contact me, they can email me or leave a comment on a picture. Um, You know, there are plenty of ways. And I think time limits are big, just like only getting through what you go through and then like really filtering out who I follow. Like I unfollow people all the time. If, mm-hmm. if someone is not serving me, if I find myself scrolling past something, they're not giving me any value, um, I'm just going to unfollow. That doesn't mean I don't like the person, but I value my time and, like, I can't live my life on social media because it can be a big time suck. Yeah. What about you, Les? Um, I think I think I've started getting a little bit better about this, and I don't know if it's necessarily just being a little bit older too. Um, and just being an older person on social media, I think just my BS meter is just goes off so much more than it used to when I was younger. And now it's a lot easier for me to spot just things that I'm not interested in. And honestly, I I get a little bit sick of how redundant social media can be. And it just honestly makes me want to spend less time on it naturally because I'm just so uninterested in a lot of the things that are happening. Um, that, and I think I've also started trying to be really just intentional kind of in my personal life and in my daily life and just doing more things that I enjoy. So it helps me be a little bit more mindful of my time. And if I have things that I would enjoy doing in real life, I would rather spend time doing those things and prioritizing those things and scrolling on my phone. And that's not to say that I don't still spend time mindlessly scrolling like I do, but I've just gotten a little bit better about being able to check myself and um, being able to really prioritize the things in my life that I really enjoy. And no one, I'm sorry, I don't care who you are or who you follow. Like no one feels good sitting and scrolling on social media all day long. By the end of the day, even if you're not comparing yourself to other people, your head just hurts from like taking in so much information. And I started learning, like if something doesn't make me feel good, it's not going to be my priority. That's a really good point. Um, it's one of my biggest pet peeves is how so many people like, I feel like I'm pretty active on social media, but when Mm -hmm. I'm in person with someone, I'm in person with them. Like there's a way to, there's a way to post and still be present, you Mm -hmm. know, but it really bothers me how many people I'll be with or it's like we're out to lunch and the whole time I'm trying to have a conversation and literally the whole time they're just scrolling. They're constantly posting, they're texting They're And I'm like, Mm -hmm. can you be present with me? Yeah. You know, um, this is, I think a huge problem across the board kind of with this generation. Yeah. Glued to the phone, but it's really just, not doing anyone any favors. Um, Dana, tell us more about your your balance. So you do time limits, right? You're really good about that, Dana. Yeah, you're really good about it. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I do the time limits. I love the idea of un- unfollowing accounts that just don't serve you. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I do? Oh, I take a weekend social media break every single weekend. And for me... 
I make it known that I'm not going to be there. And for me, it's just. Um, so I love that. I think those are my, my top three things that really help. What do your time limits look like? I spend about an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do um, usually three times. I'll do morning, midday, and evening before, like, maybe right after dinner if I have a few messages to respond to. But sometimes it's less, and rarely it's more. If it's more, I'm either doing a special campaign or I'm bored and need to get off my phone or something. <laughs> That's a good good, I- good idea. How do you decide who you're going to unfollow and who you're going to follow? Uh, I will unfollow... If I, if there's ever a point in time where I feel like I'm getting sucked into the comparison factor, um, that's when I realize, okay, this isn't healthy for me to personally follow this person and have these questions. So I'll unfollow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and if I'm just with someone, which is really rare, I, by taking that out of the equation, it's just less time spent on social media. Mm-hmm. Wait, you cut out for me. Can you repeat that last one? Oh, if I find myself just watching Instagram stories just to watch and I'm really not present or don't get anything out of, you know, the content that someone is creating, I'll unfollow. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I actually feel like social media is fun when you spend less time on it. Like if I've had a busy day and I haven't been on Instagram and then at the end of the day I check it and I'm like, oh, what did Christina do today? What's Dana? What's going on with Dana today? And I feel like I'm catching up because I haven't been on it all day. It's kind of, it's more fun that way than when you're on every two seconds trying to refresh, like hoping for something new to be there. I totally agree. I totally agree. There's such a thing as being too informed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're also showing that there's life outside of social media. So enjoy your life outside of it. And then when you're in social media, you can enjoy it too. In yeah, that aspect. Exactly. And you'll probably have a better bullshit meter. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's like, when you're looking at everyone's stuff all day, you get like consumed with it. And you're like, oh my God, God this is like real. It's hypnotizing. Yeah. It's, it seriously <laughs> is. Um, yeah. I also want to talk about social media etiquette. Mm. Let's do it. Dana, what do you have to say on the topic? What are some things that you think are just not good social media etiquette? Oh, not good. Let's, can we start with good social media etiquette? Yeah. Okay. Start with good. Start with good. Okay. I like to treat others like I would want to be treated. And I think when that boundary is crossed, I get a little angry and like have to take a step back and figure out how I want to react to people, specifically followers. Mm. Um, I think poor etiquette is just, it's a hard subject because I feel like there are so many areas. I think if you wouldn't say something in real life, you shouldn't say it on social media. Yes. Yeah, but. Oh, you broke. Life. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Say again. I also think that some people would say some of the things that they say in real life, too. It's true. And that's I just true. maybe disagree with it. Yeah, that's, that's true. But, and it, 
I mean, that's a whole other issue. But people wouldn't troll in real life. You know what I mean? People maybe make rude comments in real life, but people aren't going to, like, troll you to your face, Mm -hmm. you know? There's, like, a way. I don't know. I think that people... I agree, but there's a way that, like, the internet makes people feel safe and hidden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people get so connected to us or to other people and feel like because they're connected they should share what they think. And sometimes it's unfiltered to a degree that's just so beyond disrespectful or rude. And that's when, that's when the line's been crossed in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think also I'm like, sometimes people DM me stuff and I'm like, why don't you put this in the comments? Let's see. Put it in the comments. Don't DM it to me. Put it for everyone to see, you know? Um, Mm-hmm. I also just want to rant for a second about like etiquette in terms of influencers. Um, you didn't invent chocolate chip cookies and you don't own the recipe. Um, you also can't like, but at the same time, stop stealing other people's recipes and pretending like you weren't inspired by someone. If you're clearly inspired by someone, just say, I saw so-and-so making this a lot. Um, and I've been craving it. I wanted to make it and put my own twist on it. You mm-hmm. know, there we go. That's cool. We all inspire each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, what's up with all these accounts randomly stealing people's pictures and pretending like they're theirs? And what's up with people randomly tagging us in pictures that have nothing to do with us? That is my biggest pet peeve. I went on a rant about that last week. Like, stop tagging me in random pictures of, like, random food. If you make one of my recipes, totally get it. Or if it's something related to me in any way. But just, like, a random plate of food or, like, a random – I get – tagged in a lot of pictures of berries and then I'll look at the other tags it's just all these random Instagram accounts that like have the word berry or berries in it so I think they just search berry and like that's what ha- like it mm-hmm. drives me crazy and then I'm constantly having to untag myself from these random photos that have nothing to do with me that's my biggest Instagram pet peeve here's Absolutely. here's the thing When someone tags me in a picture that has nothing to do with me, I know it's just because you just want me to like your picture. And -hmm. if you do that, I will purposely not like it. No, I'll untag myself. I'll untag, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll untag. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I just... And the regramming without the the credit bothers me because that goes by the... There are like a lot of accounts that do that. They just take other people's pictures mm-hmm. and they pretend like they're theirs, which doesn't even make sense. Um, uh, Dana, thoughts on any of those topics? Anything there? Yeah. And to a degree, how much time and effort others are putting into content creation. Mm-hmm. So if you were to see um, your content being taken by someone else and putting their name on it, Oh, it's, it's tough to see. And I think that if maybe there was a role reversal, more people would understand it, but you don't really understand it as much until you go through it. Yeah. It can be really tricky. Cause then it's like, I don't know. It's hard to know if you say anything or not, I think. And then if you say something, what exactly to say, mm-hmm. right? Because it's so easy for them to be like, Oh, I had no idea that you did that. And I'm like, but you did. 
You did take it from me. I think we've all had people steal content, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not. Oh, gosh. I think I have an issue when people also steal the content and then create a whole new recipe uh, for the picture that was created. So it doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. That to me is just like a double whammy. Like you took my recipe and you switched it and called it your own. Mm-hmm. I also want to say something that's getting a little, like, a little nitpicky, but this just came into my mind, but it come, it's related to social media etiquette. Like, it honestly bothers me. Like, I love when people make my recipes. Like, it makes me so happy, but it really bothers me when people make my recipes and then they put the, the recipe in their comment section because it's, yeah. like, I make that recipe because I'm trying to get traffic to my website. Um mm-hmm. And so basically now you're just putting the recipe out there and even it's, I really appreciate you giving me credit, but like now someone doesn't have to go to my website. Um, and that's like taking away a view from me and I work really hard to try and get views, you know, that's like, real. yeah. So it, I know, and that's something that I know people don't do on purpose, but if you're listening and if you've ever done that, just think about that because like, I mean, like a better way to do it is be like, I got this from so-and-so, like, the recipe is on her blog, so then, or even link to the blog post, you know, but then that person goes to the blog post and can see the recipe there, but when you're just putting it straight in the comments, you're taking yeah. away a view from that person's post, and, like, mm-hmm. that, like, is what helps us get traffic. Yeah. That's um, real. That's a little nitpicky. I'm trying to think of any other random social media etiquette things that I see going on. I mean, something that I've struggled with, and for anyone who is familiar with me on social media, is I am a writer kind of by trade. And I tend to write like very long captions that usually have like a theme or a very specific message. And I spend a lot of time on it and on making things well written. And I have had people not copy, but like take the liberty of like taking my words and then like tweaking things around a little bit. But I can like very clearly see I just posted this like well thought out thought that took me a lot of time to articulate and you're just repeating it and like rephrasing the sentence. Mm -hmm. And that's something that has been really tricky because that's kind of like my thing is like the the words and like the talking and I don't do a ton of like recipes on social media I like share lessons and then when people just like regurgitate that mm-hmm. that's really challenging to deal with and I had a situation where that was happening and I did speak up about it and it did not go over very well and so then that was really hard too. And I was made to like feel bad just for defending myself and defending my hard work. And I don't know. It's just so tricky. Social media is so weird. <laughs> it is. Especially yeah. because it's like, cause it's like as we can, you can tell when someone's copying you versus like, it's just a coincidence. Like if it's some random yeah. person who doesn't even follow me and then they yeah. happen to post something similar, I'm sure that was just a coincidence, you know? Yeah. But if it's someone who is, like, who maybe I thought was my friend, who I know watches mm-hmm. all my content, um, yep. you know that they're liking your stuff and they're engaged and they saw it, mm-hmm. and then they take it, I'm like, I, I know you got that from me, you know? Um, you can just tell. Yeah, exactly. I've had people, like, I'll post about stuff and they'll DM me and be like, oh my god, that looks so good, and then... A week later, they post the same recipe and say it was theirs. And I'm like, you, you, 
like saw me p- do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you just you can just say like, "Oh, I saw Christina making this, so I wanted to make some." Like I don't know. People are really competitive with that. And the other thing that sucks is when I mean, it it bothers me no matter who does that, but also when big there are a lot of big big accounts who just rip off smaller accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because they have bigger numbers, people assume that they were the creators. Yeah. Of this. And a lot of these big accounts have little armies that run mm-hmm. around and say, you need to give so-and-so credit. She invented this. And I'm like, are whoa, you serious? No. Whoa. Like, whoa. <laughs> no. You didn't invent that. Oh, this run really grinds my gears. Mm. I get very upset. Mm. Yeah. It's just hard. Or I've had times even on Instagram where I will like tag the person and be like, I saw Susie Q talk about this topic yesterday and like, here's how I feel about it. And I will legit in the caption, like tag someone who made me think of something and be like, here's what it made me reflect on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, just expand on the conversation, but don't act like it was just a thought that you had on your own if someone else planted that seed. Well, what's like, ironic is it's just such an immature way of doing it because it's like people don't want to say that because they don't want to because they think it's like giving you credit and then people will go to I don't know what they think I'm like yeah how is that how would that worsen the situation for you at all just to say oh I heard so-and-so talking about this so I want to like it's it comes back to this weird this weird idea people have that there's like not enough space on the internet for everybody and like guess what Mm -hmm. you're never going to be the only person on the internet People like it, like if someone reads my blog. That doesn't mean they can't also read Les's and they can't also go to Dana. Like, like it's not like you have a finite number of things you can read or look at. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of space for everybody. So if there is plenty of space, then why be someone else? Just be yourself here. I think that's that's my biggest issue that I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. I want to there, – there are two more things I want to talk about. Actually, okay, so this is a good one about body image. Someone asked me this. She said – if she wanted to know if we could talk about Instagram posts of flat stomachs. She goes, that's clearly flexing slash sucking in, right? Or are they just lucky to never deal with abdominal distension after eating or bloating? Les, what do you have to say about that? You know, this is something that I used to struggle with a lot when I first became a trainer. I felt the pressure to look a certain way because I thought people would not take me seriously if I didn't have a six-pack or if I didn't have whatever. If I had cellulite, people would think I didn't know what I was talking about when it comes to fitness or whatever. So I understand where this person is coming from in terms of being like I look a certain way and other people don't like why is that and like being frustrated by that I get it but I think there are a couple of things that you have to kind of keep in mind if you're looking at content is one like who is this person that you're comparing themselves to and is it their job to look a certain way like my biggest pet peeve, and it's not as relevant anymore as it was a few years ago, was people 
going for like the bodybuilder bikini competitor, like frame of reference for everything. And people don't do that as much anymore, but I still think some of that is like a little bit residual where like you're aspiring to be something that honestly, if you knew what that lifestyle was, you wouldn't even want that because it is like miserable. Um, but is this person who, who you're looking at, like, is it their job to look a certain way? And do they spend all of their time working out and doing these things versus maybe a lot of people out there who work full time and who go to school and who are doing all these things and just doing the best they can. So there's that. The other thing I think is like, what has having, what has having a flat stomach ever gotten most people and what has not having a flat stomach ever prevented you from having in your life? right? Did you fail a test because you're a little bloated? Have you ever like not gotten a job unless you're like a model or something because you don't have a flat stomach? Like, no, those things don't happen. And so I think we place this weight on these external like aesthetic things that when it comes to our overall quality of life, don't actually matter. Mm -hmm. Well, I think people have this idea in their heads that people will like them more if yeah they look- or that they'll be happy once they look yeah. a certain way and then what happens you get there and you're still not happy because it's mm-hmm. something in your head it's something in your heart that's making you unhappy not not at all related to how you look yeah exactly and I think also like I think a lot of people have a really skewed image of like what a healthy person looks like and yeah. I remember like when I was going through a phase in my life where I just had no self-confidence and I was comparing myself to everyone and really unhappy with myself and I would see pictures of girls and think she looks so pretty and I want to look like that blah 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 and now I look at the same photo and I think she looks a little like malnourished (laughs) honestly (laughs) honestly and it was really interesting I was at like a a health convention situation recently and later and there are a bunch of influencers and stuff there and later um so I met this guy there who runs like a a product like a company that has a product sorry I'm being really abstract but I don't really want to call anyone out here so and he's like and he's really young he's like 18 and he has this awesome product line um but he's 18 and very much just like says whatever he wants right and we we talked and he was really cool um and I started following him on Instagram on his personal account and he's really into like health and wellness and stuff. And he posted this thing and he goes, I just got back from XYZ and I met all of these different quote, healthy influencers, healthy bloggers. I met all these girls and it sickens me because they all look so underweight and malnourished and they're running around telling people what to eat and what to do when it's all false. And you know, he's just going off about, and I'm like, Wow. Like, that is an interesting perspective, you know? And, like, I think that a lot of people have this idea of, like, what healthy is, and they're not even realizing that it's not necessarily even healthy. And a Mm -hmm. lot of these... And on the other side of it is, a lot of these girls um, who maybe you are admiring their bodies, they Photoshop, or they Mm -hmm. are waiting for the right lighting, or... Oh, yeah, the right angle. Yeah, the right angle. Yeah, exactly. They don't look like that. Yeah, like, 
it's not real life, you know? Um, and that's not to say everybody's doing that, but it's like all of us, it's like who go, I mean, every single one of us, who only takes one picture of yourself? Mm-hmm. No one. We always yeah. take multiple and we pick the one that we like the best. And because there's always one you like the best, right? Because the angle and the light is always slightly different. It's the same with other people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a whole... I feel like it's interesting because we're more in the food space. Less, you probably see more of this. Like, I don't even see as many photos of actual people anymore. I see a lot of just food. Um, yeah. So I think that's honestly helped me because I don't even see people. I don't really care what they look like. Um, yeah. but I also noticed this as well. Like, I'm curious what you guys think about meeting people because a lot of times I'll have friends who come to LA for the first time and I'm like, what, what, how was it? what do you think? And people are like, people will say people look different in real life than they look on <laughs> social media. Like people are kind of shocked. Yeah. Um, did you guys have any experiences with that? I people? did. Okay. <laughs> Tell me. Tell us about it, girl. Yeah. See, that is just, that is wrong on so many levels. When you look that different in person compared to what you're portraying online, I think it's wrong for, for your audience, but more so for yourself. Um, I think there are a lot of inner struggles that you're dealing with if you are using a bunch of filters, all of body looks, face looks, uh, just to be someone who you're not. And I remember seeing that at Expo West with some people just not looking who I thought, how I thought they would look. And I was, I was shocked, floored. It's a little scary. (laughs) It's a little scary. Les, what about you? Have you ever had that experience? You know, I haven't had it as much. I feel like the only time I've really seen a lot of influencers that I hadn't met before in one place was at Goodfest. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will be honest, I feel like at Goodfest, I just kind of stuck with our little crew of people that I was like already really comfortable with or that I'd interacted with so much online that like I felt like I knew and they were really authentic and interacting with them in person was super similar to how it is online. Um, I feel like I did see some people from afar where I was like, oh, like they look different, but like I didn't get close enough to like investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I honestly, and this is going to sound so stupid. I just can't tell how tall people are. People are always either way taller or way shorter than I realize. And that's always the part that gets me. It's like, I, I can't tell how tall people are and I'm always wrong. I'm always wrong too. <laughs> Because it comes across so differently. You know, Dana, people never realize how tall you are. Yeah, it's getting to be a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's like, I feel like even even when you show, like you'll show, like, guys, look at how tall I am. But had you not, like, said numbers before, I feel like even just, even you showing it, I wouldn't realize how tall you actually are. Mm-hmm. Just to put it on record, 5'8", everybody. 5'8". Five eight. Five eight. It's so funny because, like, it's not like that's, like, a you're not, like, a giant, you know? But, like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's so – unless you're shorter than I thought you were. 
I'm short. I have the opposite problem. People, I think I do tend to photograph taller because mm-hmm. I have heard from people, um, more so just like locally when people see me out and about here in Seattle that they are, think I'm taller than, and then they meet me and they're like, yeah, oh, you're not, you're I, small. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like five, seven or five, eight. Oh, yeah, I just have a big personality, I guess. Yeah, I said that in the driest way possible. <laughs> <laughs> a big personality, yes. Well, yeah, it just goes to show it's like you you don't you never know what someone actually looks like. Don't know just what people actually look like. Yeah, just so stop caring. <laughs> Meet them in person. Mm-hmm. Um. I also, I want to wrap up with something going back to like, you never see everything. It's hard to tell. Like, what about, what do you guys choose to show on social media versus what you choose not to show? Dana, let's start with you. It varies. I honestly just choose to show whatever I'm feeling in the current mood. Um, I won't show maybe specific things or people who don't want to be included. I, I definitely like to respect other people in that aspect. Um, but other than that, it's just whatever. Be helpful mm-hmm. for other people or just, I don't know, me being me and sharing it, but also having boundaries. If I know that there are things um, that I don't want to share. What about you, Les? Um, this is kind of varied a little bit over time. I'd say currently where I'm at, I don't really share much about my personal life, honestly, because it's boring and, like, no one cares, not even me. So um, I would say normally I try to aim for showing people that, like, eating well and exercising can be really simple. So a lot of my... Instagram content or stories will be either like a quick workout that I'm doing that only has like five moves to it that people Mm -hmm. could do or something I'm making for dinner with super easy ingredients that all like came out of my freezer that I threw together. Just something that um, just is really, really simple and easy for people to digest and understand. And then I I also do think it is important. And I know we kind of talked about this earlier with people who like, you never see who they are. Um, For me, I used to only post food ever and people had no idea who I was, no idea what I look like. And then when I started posting pictures of myself, like my growth and engagement exploded because people felt like they knew me and they knew who I was and they could then put a a voice to an account and to a person. So it is really important for me to like be myself out there and either talk about things that I'm thinking or like put a photo of me out there so people know who I am and can connect with me on a personal level. Well, what about like, I feel like a big one is like work, like actual work. Yeah. <laughs> like like, Dana, you don't yeah. show the fire the fire station. Yeah. I get so many messages uh, from people asking me to show behind the scenes at work. And come on. Like, <laughs> there's some. T- would you like me to show a nutrition consult? Or, like, if you were going to the doctor's office, would you show that on Instagram stories? Exactly. I think. And I'd be like, hey, show me your cubicle on, you know what I mean? And people would be like, what? No, it's the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, it's 
I don't know. I almost feel like it's like ironic because the things that are most important for us, or at least for me, I feel like I'm not showing, you know? I have recently, I think I've struggled with some people wanting to know so much more than what we share. Mm -hmm. Um, And thinking that authenticity means vulnerability 24 seven or sharing your life story. And Mm -hmm. for some people, maybe they like to do that, but I also wouldn't do that in person. Um, So I'm definitely not going to do it online, even if it's requested. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point. Like, you wouldn't do that on person either. Like, you don't just go up to a random stranger and be like, tell me all your deepest, darkest secrets about your life. People feel entitled mm-hmm. in a lot of ways to kind of know whatever they want about our lives. And that's just not the case. Yeah. I mean, I recently, like, I've gotten a lot of messages. People are like, can you talk about your family and stuff? And I'm like, no. Because, like, the... If they wanted their lives on the internet, they would they would do it. Exactly. <laughs> it's not exactly. If it's not my life, I'm not going to like tell everybody else about other people's lives. So it's mm-hmm. if it's directly only about me, yeah, I'll share it, you know, but whenever it involves someone else, it's like when I'm hanging out with friends who aren't into social media, I'm not like posting about the, you know, like when yeah. I'm going out to dinner with someone, I'm not posting about it. Um and I'm on the phone with my mom, I'm not posting about it. You know, stuff like that. Like like what you're saying, like, when you're talking with a client, like, you're not going to, like, show the – like, you know, and I think people don't understand that, I guess, or, like, understand that boundary. Because mm-hmm. people do really feel entitled to know everything. Mm-hmm. So I feel like stories are a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know what I want to ask you both is – do you feel like people now are just watching stories and are too lazy to go to feeds? I go back and forth with this a lot because I think people, first of all, I think people don't know what they want. And I have straight up said to my Instagram followers, like, y'all don't know what you want. So I'm going to put what I want out there. And if you see it, you see it. And if you don't, you don't. Because these polls, y'all don't know what you want. Yeah, true. Anyway, I think think people like consuming content on stories because it is easier. Because once you turn on stories, it can just scroll and scroll. You know, you can swipe up. You can message someone. Like, it's just super easy and in your face. But I also think that there is a lot of value for people in the feed because they can save things to reference for later. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I mean, I think it's like six of one, a half dozen of the other, honestly. Dana, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm the same. Personally, I like both when I'm a consumer. I like mm-hmm. seeing the stories. Um, sometimes I'm not seeing as many posts. So the stories are nice. I like the personal interaction and stories better myself. Um, or I really like when people remind me, though, um, or ask for you to, if you're not going to take DMs. Um, like you mentioned, going to this photo and asking question or mm-hmm. commenting there. Mm-hmm. I like those reminders. Yeah, I think, like... I always will try if someone says something in a story that I want to respond to, I will go to their feed and comment 
because I know that's supporting them in a, in a better mm-hmm. way. And yeah. that's also helping to grow the community because at the end of the day, this is like what the community is about. Or for me, it's like if I'm getting a question in DMs, I'm like, well, I bet other people have that question. And if you posted mm-hmm. it in a public place, then they could see the answer yeah. too. Um, so I like I think as consumers, like I guess my ask is I think it's really helpful if you post in comments or like comment on a blog post mm-hmm. versus like just DM someone like that's how you can show someone support and it's yeah. a free way to do that. And it's a free way to build the community and it'll also help you build your community too. And people see your name and see you interacting. Um, I think that people are kind of forgetting about that because now they're just going straight to stories, you know, mm-hmm. um, and not remembering that. I think it's hard for me when I feel like I get so much engagement on my stories, but I put so many hours in a blog post or you'll do like posts on my feed and like I get nothing back, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like no, no engagement there. I'm like, why can't you comment this on my picture so other people mm-hmm. can see it? You know, I think your approach though, of, you know, how you're handling it and saying it in a positive way to increase engagement on your photos and connect with people is so different than maybe what others are, are doing to increase their likes and comments. Um, so I like that approach a lot. Let's talk about that though. What? Well, I think, yeah, I think anything like threatening to leave a social media platform if people don't comment or like on things, um, like multiple times. Mm-hmm. I think it, it takes away from the connection. And I also think people specifically influencers, bloggers, whoever it is who has this account has to realize that the business is dependent on the, you know, the, the followers, the people who are there. And so saying you're just going to leave or not do this is, is harsh in my, in my opinion. And it's false. They're bluffing. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, then what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Please, inform me when, when you make this mass exit from Instagram, where are you going to go? They're going like, to come right your back. Business. This <laughs> is your entire platform. So what is the threat here? Like, I'm confused. I've seen that. And I'm like, I'm confused. Where are you going to go? Yeah, I, I totally <laughs> agree. Um, cause we've been seeing that a lot and it does really rub me the wrong way. Like, don't threaten me. I'm like, I mean, I'm still going to put, then it's like, why are you posting? I don't know. It's like, I'm still going to, I'm still going to post whether or not people comment on my stuff, but yeah, it would mean a lot to me if you did. It would mean a lot to me if you showed me support that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just gave mm-hmm. me some feedback that yes, you like this or no, you don't, you know? Um, but like when people are like, I am just going to quit Instagram unless you guys do that. It's so immature. Yeah, my response to that has been a lot of unfollows. <laughs> like, bye. Bye, Felicia, is our <laughs> response to that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, true, true. Okay, any last Instagram or social media things you'd like to cover? Did you guys get any other questions? I didn't get any other questions, but a thought that I had is that sometimes I think social media, especially in the health and wellness world, makes it seem like um, 
living a healthy lifestyle is so unattainable. Um, whether it's you have to have this product or I don't care for matcha and I know matcha is everywhere and people are talking about it nonstop. And I was like, what's wrong with me that I don't like matcha? I'm going to, but I don't like matcha and I should get over it. Right. It can be attainable. Yeah. I think that's a good point too. It's like, are you eating what you're eating? Cause you like it or cause you saw someone else post it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and definitely, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think people struggle with that because they're like, I can't afford all these products and adaptogens and this and that. And it's just like, girl, you don't need those. No. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's something that we all have in common. We all pretty much, like, we're pretty simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, we actually post what we eat and what we do. Um and that, and what's funny is, like, the people who are, but the people who are making it seem unta- unattainable, like, people are drawn to that for some reason, because it's fancy. Yeah. That's my whole thing, <laughs> is, like, the things that seem the most unattainable are what are the biggest, and mm-hmm. that's when I put the responsibility back on the readers to be, mm-hmm. like, you vote with your follows and with your engagement, and if something makes you feel that bad, like, stop looking at it. Stop mm-hmm. following it. Like, stop. Because, honestly, it negatively impacts all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, people need to stop feeling bad about the fact that they don't. I'm, like, okay, yeah, if you're, if someone's job is Instagram, of course they're going to have enough time to spend three hours a day making a fancy lunch. Like, that's all they're doing all day. But, yeah. like, normal people don't have that kind of time. And, no. like, I, I mean, uh, Yeah. I get frustrated with that. I think um, eating healthy. Danny, you're really good about this, like, with your sales, like, showing all the mm-hmm. sales. It's, like, eating healthy can be – it can be done. You can use all the sales. It doesn't have to be super expensive. People have this idea that it's expensive because they're trying to make Gwyneth Paltrow's $30 smoothie oh, every God. morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. That's, that's just something big that I promote that you can – you know, be your own advocate for your own health Mm -hmm. and attain this healthy diet and lifestyle on your own time, your own dime and make it work for you. Mm -hmm. I think that is excellent. If you guys want to learn about sales and catching sales, you got to follow Dana. Um, cause she is the queen (laughs) of that. She goes through every grocery store and shows you where it's at. Um, Les, what about you? Any last thoughts? Um, I mean, I think so much of it is like what we talked about already. I just, we can't keep letting these things that we see on our phones and these people we don't even know dictate how we feel about ourselves. We just can't. It just, it doesn't do you any good. It honestly, when you take a step back and logically think about it, doesn't actually make any sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) to let someone you don't even know and who does not know you influence how you feel about your body or your food or whatever. Like when you take a logical look at it from that standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) if we take the emotion out of it, it just doesn't. And you just have to live life for you. I mean, I think we all three have a very big, like do what's right for you approach, like do what makes you feel good. And if something doesn't make you feel good, then it's okay to seek inspiration or to try to make changes. But like, if something doesn't make you feel good, drop it. It's fine. 
Yeah. I also, like, I said this on a different podcast, but I want to say it again here just so people hear it. But I think I was thinking about how um, growing up I would watch movies and TV shows. And, like, you kind of would, like, be like, oh, I want to look like her. I want to do that. I want to copy her. But, like, not really, for, at least from my perspective. Like, not really because I knew it was TV or movies. Like, mm-hmm. there was yeah. this thing. I was seeing these things, but there was a level of separation. Like, mm-hmm. because it was almost so unattainable and I knew it was fiction, I didn't actually care. Um, yeah. And then things like Instagram and Facebook and MySpace started, you know, and, like, all of a sudden people are people are showing their own their own lives. And that's what was, what was – it was meant to be created for, like – sharing pictures with each other but now like content that is really more suited towards a like television or movies where we know what's curated is being put on a platform that was originally intended to not be curated and Mm -hmm. so this is where the people are getting confused between what's reality and what's not like that's confusing to our brains like we're going to this platform and we're seeing in the exact same platform real life or what we think is, and then not real life, but then we think it's real life. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's all mixed up together. It's like how we see reality TV, but we know it's not reality because it's on TV. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like we know yeah. that. Like, um, but we don't we don't make that same connection when we go to Instagram. We just assume that it's real, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's no one policing Instagram, being like, "This isn't real. This is scripted. Get off." Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we got to take some personal responsibility there um, and try and figure that out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But those are my kind of last thoughts. So, Dana, if people want to get in touch with you, want to connect on the gram, want to see what you're up to, want to see how tall you are, where can they find you? <laughs> they can find me at eats to know. With a two, the number. With a two. And if you're new, you should probably message me and tell me your height. <laughs> Do you know how tall I am? Mm, no. How tall do you think I am? Taller than less. <laughs> Correct. Five, five three. Five three. I'm five four. Close. I'm like average. I'm like, I feel like I'm average height. Like very average. Um, Okay, cool. So Dana's at Eats to Know. And Les, where you at, girl? Where you at? I'm on Instagram at Balanced Berry. Or my blog is The Balanced Berry. So we got real official with the website, but not with social media. Uh, And for reference, I am 5'3". So, you should for everyone wondering you should change your uh, you should change your instagram handle to the real balance fairy yeah the real real the real real all right <laughs> thank you guys for sharing talking chatting it out being real as usual i love you both because you guys are super real and not <laughs> fake and i hang out with you whether or not you're on instagram so thanks <laughs> for being the best <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Dana and Les. We would all love to hear your thoughts and feedback, how you're feeling about social media versus reality. Maybe your answers to these questions or your just your responses to these topics. Again, a great place to do that is on our social media accounts in the comment sections. 
maybe well i'm sure we'll all have a post up mentioning this episode so that could be a great place so other people can engage and say what they think and also the podcast facebook group wellness wellness podcast tribe great place to interact with other listeners and all share your thoughts and comments on what was discussed so thank you again for listening in huge thank you to les and dana for taking the time out of their busy schedules to hop on the pod with me i hope you guys have an amazing day an amazing week and i'll talk to you again next time bye